Okay, guys, um, we are looking at Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through uh, chapter 6, verse 3. We're going to talk about the issue of immaturity and how you can progress. Now, when we talk about immaturity, we're talking about spiritual immaturity, okay? So, at this point, he's, he's, cha- he's shifting again from, from trying to encourage them, talking about who Christ is, to now where he is going to really address some of the issues among them. And, and I'll be honest with you, when I was going through this portion of Hebrews as I was writing the lessons, I became very much convinced that we really haven't done a good job in this area of maturing you. Uh, and, and you'll see why as we go through this. And that, that really, you know, we can spend a lot of time on elementary issues, and we do, but the key thing is that you grow in your faith and grow in your relationship with Jesus, okay? And so he's going to talk about that a little bit today uh, as we are uh, looking through this lesson. Let's look at verse 11. We're going to look at verses 11 through 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So notice now, we're going to look, first of all, at their current condition. We're going to see that in verse 11. The writer states that he has much to say to them concerning the nature of Jesus Christ. He says, look, i got a lot to tell you about Jesus, about the nature of Jesus Christ here. So he's, he's got a lot to tell them. However, he points out that, will, that they will find it hard to understand because they are immature. He said, the problem is, you know, I've got a lot to tell you about Jesus and his nature and who he is and the impact of him on your life. But the problem is you're going to find it hard to understand because you're immature. You're not growing. You're just kind of settled. Okay? So, the writer points out that they should be able to teach others at this point in their life. Okay, now that raises a good question. I don't want anybody to answer it. Don't don't raise your hand or anything. If you've been a believer now in Jesus Christ for a long period of time, I'm, I'm not saying five years, I'm not saying six years, but I'm saying if you've been saved for ten years or more, are you able to sit down with somebody and teach them the basic things of your faith? Are you, are you able to sit down with them and help them to understand what it is that you believe? Are you able to sit down with them and and help them to understand 
the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the need for salvation? How you answer that will, will actually show you a lot. And that's the point that he's making here. He says, you know what, I, I would like to be able to talk with you about some things about Jesus, but you guys can't handle it because you're immature. You're immature. And at this point, you should be able to teach others. Now, let me just stop for a moment. I don't need to know your answer, but I'm not surprised by it. Because, I'll just be flat out honest with you, the whole nature in which we do church in North America is, is that you are trained to do what? Come and sit down and listen to an educated, credentialed pastor teach you. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Rather than you yourselves become teachers. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Able to share with others the basics of your faith. In fact, here, here's, here's the culture that we live in. The, the, and it's, In fact, it's changing. You may not be aware of it, but it is definitely changing on the evangelical side here in the United States. And that is, is we used to just tell you, you just got to pray a prayer, you're saved, and then just come, give. Obviously, you got to give. And fill the seat. And we'll tell you everything else from here on out. Well, the problem is, is that you were never encouraged to go beyond your initial step of faith. You were never encouraged to grow in your understanding of Jesus Christ. That's the culture in which we live in. That's, that's the church culture. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? You weren't encouraged to grow in your understanding. We say, well, you know, George, I don't have time to take Bible classes. Well, you know, if that's what you equate maturity with is Bible classes, then you're never going to get there. Maturity is you being able to communicate your relationship with Jesus to others. It's not theology that you're communicating. It's your depth of understanding of who Christ is and what he's done for you. But see, if you're in a culture, a church culture, that doesn't encourage you to get beyond just sitting in a pew and learn for yourself and grow for yourself, you're, you're, not, you're not going to be able to handle it. This is, the, this is what's going on here. So that when the problem does come, remember we're talking about people here who were getting ready to give up. So that when the persecution does come or the difficulties do come, you're ready to what? Chuck it in. You're ready to give up because you're not mature yet. Do you understand? Well, you've never been encouraged to mature. Do you know what I mean? You've never been encouraged to mature. And so at this point he's saying to them, hey, you know what? You should be able to teach others at this point in your life. Hey, you know what? That's when it started convicting me here. At this point, as pastor, people in the church who've been here, some of you have been here, some of you have been here for the 13 years I've been here. You should be able to talk to others and communicate to others the basics of your faith and help them to grow. Did you understand what I'm saying? 
there's no excuse for us. Okay? There's no excuse for me as pastor. Alright? So then he goes out, and here's the reality. Here's where they're at. Here's, here's the problem with immaturity. However, they still need someone to teach them the basics of the Christian faith again. They still need somebody to teach them the basics of the Christian faith again. And then this is when I started thinking about, man, think about it. You know, so what are the basics? They're the ones that things that I keep reiterating over and over again to you. What do you mean, George? Well, your acceptance with God is not based upon you. It's based upon who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for you so that you might have forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ is paid this ultimate sacrifice for your sins. I mean, I'm continually reiterating those things to you. Your acceptance with God is not based upon you. I, you think about the themes of, of my messages here with you. Folks, those are the basics. Those are the basics. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm emphasizing it is because we're we not choosing to go beyond that to the next level. Did, do you understand what I'm saying? We're not choosing to go beyond. Okay, I got that down. My acceptance with God is not based upon me. It's based upon Jesus. What's next? But too many of us are struggling that we don't go beyond that. Did you understand what I'm saying? So this is the whole point. He said they still need someone to teach them the basics of the Christian faith. Now, he's going to tell them what the basics are here in a little bit. So just hold on. Here's what he says. Like a child, they're only able to handle very simplistic teaching concerning their faith. Have you met a five-year-old sucking on a baby bottle? And that's all they do is drink from the baby bottle at five years? Have you ever met anybody like that? What would you think if you were in a restaurant and let's say you're at Denny's and you're there for the big burger and they got a great big burger there, okay? Pepper Jack cheese, okay? It's a new cheese for me. Uh, Pepper Jack cheese on a burger there. And, and the next table over you see a couple and they got a five-year-old and instead of ordering him chicken tenders, they say, can we have a glass of milk for him? And they pour it in a big baby bottle and they give it to him to suck on while they're eating their burger, a five-year-old. What would you be thinking? What's the number to CYS? Do you know what I'm saying? You would say there's something wrong here. Something's abnormal. At five years old, he should be eating on french fries and chicken tenders, right? Is that not true? He shouldn't be sucking on a baby bottle. Alright? Now, that's the analogy that he's saying here. You've been walking, following Jesus for all this time, but you're still just trying to understand the basics? That's like a child who's only able... You're only able to handle very simplistic teaching. You're still sucking on a baby bottle. In fact, you know what? It kind of this is one of the passages that makes people think Paul is the writer here. But actually, I think that the writer was influenced by Paul. Okay, because in First Corinthians three one to three, listen to what the Apostle Paul says. And I, brethren, do not speak to you 
as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. Until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. For you are still carnal, for if there is envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? He's saying you need to be maturing. So this is the point the writer of Hebrews is saying here. So, using the picture of food here, the writer states that solid teaching is for the mature. Solid teaching is for the mature. Alright, let me just stop. I want everybody to understand what I'm talking about because it's really easy to understand. Okay, well now George wants me to study systematic theology and and I better go borrow a few books from his office downstairs. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I need to enroll in a Home Bible Institute course. No, that's not what I'm talking about. In fact, I would say this. You can study a lot of theology and get nowhere in your maturity. You can have it all down and get nowhere. In fact, this is my testimony. After I married Lori, I, you know, I, I resigned from Liberty University in my position there in the youth ministry area. I finished my master's degree. Lori and I got married a month later, and I'm ending up in home PA working on a Christmas tree farm. Well, here's what I was doing. So in my personal time reading the Bible and stuff, I had, I found myself dissecting it. Oh, so what does this doctrine mean? Oh, so what what is this? What are the different views on this passage? And blah, 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 blah. And, and, I, and I began to realize that six years of training was clouding my vision to see the Bible. In fact, it was like There's a 14th century monk by the name of Thomas Akempis who wrote a little book called Practicing the Presence of Christ in Your Life. It's a good book. You should read it. And and, and his whole job was is he learned to practice the presence of Christ while working in the kitchen at a monastery. Okay? But in it he said this. Thomas Akempis said this. You can walk through the forest and miss the trees because you're focused on the stumps. And I'll be honest with you folks, I was walking through the forest of God's Word and was missing the beauty of the trees because I was focused on stumps. See, that's the danger. So I'm not talking about you growing and maturing and able to handle solid teaching with reference to how much theology you have. In fact, I would say theology can actually keep you from being mature if that's your whole focus. It's your maturity and your understanding and your relationship and your knowledge of God that allows you to be able to handle deeper teaching beyond that concerning God. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because we're not talking about a, an object to, le- to be learned. We're talking about a person. Did you know what I mean? We're talking about a person. So when we talk about growing, we're talking about growing in our understanding of who? Jesus. Okay? And he's saying that, you know, mature people can, can, can eat a burger. They don't have to 
to, to be sucking on pablum anymore. Do, do you understand? Or, or on on uh, formula. Alright? My wife's laughing at me. Pablum, that's Canadian, right? Okay, sorry folks. When we were in Canada, we had babies then. Pablum was the, the stuff they use in Canada. What is it here in the United States? Similac. Okay, alright. Whatever. Alright, formula. Alright. Now, the mature are those who have disciplined themselves. This is how you know you're mature. The mature are those who have disciplined themselves to distinguish between what? Good and evil. Maturity in Jesus is not the depth of theological knowledge. According to the writer of Hebrews here, maturity is being able to discern between good and evil. Look at verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, to those who, by reason of the use of their senses, exercise to discern both good and evil. That is, they're able to use their mind to distinguish between what's right and what's wrong. That's maturity. In fact, here's what I would say. Closely connected to that is how you live your life. A mature Christian is going to understand between what's right and what's wrong, not simply because he knows it's right or what's wrong, but because he's living his life in accordance with what's right and what's wrong. Do you understand? It's You begin to mature and you begin to realize that you need to stop certain behaviors in your life. And so you work on them. That's maturity. You discern between what's good, what's good and evil. Alright? Let, let's go on. Now, Look with me. We're going to look at verses 1 to 3 of chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of doctrines of baptism, of laying on of hands, of resurrection from the dead, of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. All right, so here's the writer's focus. The writer will not discuss the basic teachings of the Christian faith. So he's not going to spend... He says, look, I'm not going to go over this again with you guys. Okay? I'm not going to go over again with this with you guys. Rather, he wants to discuss issues of spiritual maturity with them. He wants to discuss issues of spiritual maturity with them. Hey, let, you know what? We're doing this morning series called The Struggle for Joy, Pursuing Godliness. And, and as we've been going through this series, I, you know, I've, I've expressed, do we want to go deeper? Do we want to go deeper in our relationship with Jesus? And, and, and you have, folks have said yes. They've, they've been nodding in agreement. They want to go deeper. Well, okay, this is the point he's making. Let's go deeper. Let's, let's, let's move aside from... Just the elementary things, you're accepted by Jesus, He loves you, John 3.16. Let's move beyond that to every day with you. So like in the morning, we're moving beyond it and talking about a theology of suffering. Understanding the world we live in. And the God who gives grace in the midst of it. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? This is the point he's making here. Rather, he wants to discuss issues of maturity. So the writer wanted to move beyond issues of repenting of one's sinful works. So he says, look, I don't want to spend a lot of time, because look at there, verse, I think it's verse uh, 1, the foundation of repentance of dead works. That's talking about here, of repenting of one's sinful works. He says, you know what, I, I don't want to spend all this time again talking to you about making things right in your life. Okay, so everybody understand? Okay, I think we've, we've comprehended enough, if you've been here a while. You know you gotta deal with the junk in your life. Does everybody understand that? Now how many times you gotta be told that? Do you know what I'm saying? He's saying, I don't wanna spend a lot of time talking to you about dealing with the junk in your life in repentance. And a confession. Let's move on. That's what he's saying here. Let's go on. The writer wants to move beyond the issue of faith and trust in God. He's saying, look, I, I don't want to keep reinforcing to you about this whole issue of having faith and trusting in God. You should be there. You should be there in your walk with him that no matter what happens, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to have faith in him. Do you know what I'm saying? That's maturity. Okay, here he goes. He wanted to move beyond the issue of water baptism. Now, what in the world does that got to do with it? Well, we've got to emphasize, you know, part of the elementary teaching is that you take that first step of obedience and identify to the world that you are a follower of Jesus by being what? Baptized. And you're also identifying yourself with a church. Okay, so we, again, that's just basic, basic elementary teaching, right? Next week, we're going to have a series on why you should be baptized. How many of you would show up? Huh? Yeah, you'd show up, but you'd be bored. You're here for the coffee, Bruce. Okay. All right? Did you know what I'm saying? That would be pretty boring. You know, I remember, I mean, I remember, you know, I, my younger years, well, most of my years were in an independent Baptist church, but I remember, I remember sermons like, why I believe there's a hell. What a waste of a sermon. Did you know what I'm saying? Why, what a waste of a sermon. You say you don't believe in hell? I believe in hell, but I think you need to learn something more than just that there's a hell. If you don't understand that there's a hell by now, do you know what I mean? Okay, he goes on. The laying of hands is the symbolic action of the impartation of the Holy Spirit. You know, we do that. We emphasize that. Here he's talking about how the laying on of hands, he doesn't want to focus on talking about how the Holy Spirit is a part of your life. That when you got saved, who entered into your life? The Spirit of God is within you. You should understand that by now. What He wanted to move beyond the issue of the believer receiving the Holy Spirit. That's what the issue is. Hey, and as I'm going through these, now you're realizing, yeah, those are the basics. It's time to move beyond them, isn't it? You know, as I'm going through this list, repentance from our dead works, faith and trust in God, the issue of baptism, the issue of receiving the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay? Look at what he says here. He wanted to move beyond the issue of the future resurrection of the dead. That's our hope. He wanted to move beyond talking about our hope.
He wanted to move beyond the issue of the impending eternal judgment. Can I tell you what the biggest indictment of the North American church is? Our fixation with end times. Like we've got to continually study that. Go to continually have people write books so that we understand. And then we're wondering why the, why our society is crumbling around us and we're not having an impact. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It's because how many times do you need to hear you're going to be with Jesus and he's coming back? Do, do you know what I mean? How many times do you need to hear that? Now, yes, you need to hear that as we go through passages, and you will hear that. But sometimes, I mean, I'm serious. The most well-attended conferences in North America are about the end times. So, but if you have a conference about how to grow in Jesus, you might have a few people there. But you won't have the numbers of people who are there to find out what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? So, he says he wants to move beyond the issue of impending eternal judgment. So, the writer acknowledges that to go beyond these basic doctrines requires what? God's help. Wow. Okay, so I'm, I'm kind of hung up here. I want to move beyond that, but how do I do it? Where do I begin? Look at look at what verse 3 says. And this we will do if God permits. That's the whole point here. He need, we need to go beyond in our life. Okay, so a lot of people, even when I said that, you know, we talked about it in the Sunday morning service, about wanting to move beyond. And a lot of you are like, yeah, we want to move beyond. Okay, for those of you who said that, you want to move beyond. You can't do it on your own. It's got to be God moving you there. But you know, it's got to start with you wanting to be moved there. you got to want to be moved there. You know, God's not going to force you. But you got to want to be there and He'll help you. Moving on to spiritual maturity requires God's help. you got to ask Him, God, take me deeper. God, help me to understand. God, I want to walk with you. It'll be like this. How many of you are like this? You want to be like Moses and you say, I want to see you. I want to see your face, God. That's Moses. That's what Moses said. Have you ever thought about that? Have you, have you, have you, maturity says, I want to see you more, God, in my life. The reality is, is here. You want to move beyond... You can only do that through who? God. Through His Word. Through Him teaching you. Through Him guiding you through that. Okay? Okay. Now, I think that's it. Next week, we're going to talk about that big chapter, the consequences of turning away. What does that mean? I'm going to present to you four views for you to digest. And then I'm going to talk to you about what the passage is. Okay?